party. Thank you. How to crypto party. Thank you. So um, is, is this good? Okay. Thanks for your patience. I'm so honored that you are all here listening to me for the next hour. Um, I know there's a billion things you could do. So thank you so much. Um, my name is Comet Crowbar. I live currently in so-called Cambridge, Massachusetts. I'm a teacher um, at an after-school program, Makerspace. That's me. Um, okay, before we begin, I just want to like place ourselves in this earth where we are. We are currently on occupied um, Muncie, Delaware nation. Um, just keep that in mind. And we're currently on Turtle Island, the continent known as North America. The, an indigenous term for it is Turtle Island. So just keep that in mind as you're, we're walking in this concrete jungle. Um, okay, so I'm here to talk about how to start a crypto party and why and some art that I've done. So first we're going to do what it is why to do it, how to do it, and then some art and stuff. And then questions, we're gonna, I'm going to pee. And then at 7.30, right after this, maybe some of you will, we're going to have an actual crypto party from 7.30 to 9.30 um, somewhere. I don't have the details, but it's in this building. Okay, doing the stuff we just talked about. So what is a crypto party? Um, a little background. Um, let's see. In 2012, um, this law... Some bill was passed in Australia to make it really easy for law enforcement to just read and reach every kind of data. So um, these folks had this thing on Asher Wolf, this lady, started by lady, um, she, she had this blog about like Occupy and stuff. And then someone was like, hey, let's have a install all the crypto apps party. And then, um, yeah, four months later, there were like 30 around the world. And it's just like become a thing now, um, especially in Germany. Um, oh, I so I lived in Berlin, Germany for five years, and I've just come back. Um, is this better? Should I touch it? I don't know. Um, I came back within the last year, so I'm trying to like bring this culture of crypto stuff, bring it back to this um, messed up place, and like get it going. Um, so here's a review of my first ever crypto party. This is a, a book I made. Um, I'll talk more about it. Um, I don't know if I'll read this whole thing, but basically. Um, so my first crypto party in Berlin, um, I found out about it on Twitter. Um, there were, there's monthly events there. Let's see. I wanted to go, but at least three times during my journey there, I thought about turning around. What if I sound like a total idiot and have no idea what's going on? What if I can't understand German well enough? What if everyone gets impatient with my noob questions? I, even, I made it all the way there, and I was sitting outside. So it was planned in a cafe, just like a corner of a public space. And I was sitting outside the cafe, still nervous. I just rode half an hour. And I was still afraid to go in. Um, shows you like how scary and accessible these kind of things are. Um, until a waitress was like, um, are you, can I get you something? And I was like, oh no, I'll just go. Yeah, so I finally went inside. Um, and it was totally great. There were eight of us or so, um, two from the organizing group. And it wasn't like an official institution. They were just, the two that were hosting it were just people who thought it was cool. Um, by the end of the night, I set up a Jitsi chat, um, updated my Tor browser, I like made a new friend, and then the next day I taught my friend how to install Jitsi like on a Skype call, like we transferred. So it was a super empowering time for me. Um, and this this is where I work in Somerville. Um, so when I moved back to this country, I've been I wanted to get a monthly scene, a monthly event going in the Boston area because um, I live in that area. So I work at this awesome makerspace, Parts and Crafts. This is like my, what I see every day. We have a wood shop, we have soldering irons. And so imagine this room filled with people. Here's a drawing I made of it after a really great one. Um, the couches in the back area. Ooh, yeah. Um, okay. 
So what else do I have here? What do you do there? Well, you do some stuff. Here's a flyer. Um, I'll just read this text. A crypto party, AKA encryption potluck. Like it's not a party with like boom boom music. It's just, it's like you hang out with your computers and snacks. Um, it's a space to hang out and teach each other practical tools of digital security, such as how to set up email encryption on your computer and how to browse the web anonymously. Don't know much about computers? Don't worry. We'll use accessible language and help you in every step of the way. Bring a computer. A computer isn't mandatory, but it's useful um, so you can leave the event with like stuff on your computer. Um, and let's see. So this is a more recent flyer. I made this the morning of Libra Planet. And I also, I include these things at the bottom, like no mansplaining, trans-friendly, and wheelchair accessible, just to have like a, you know, making it more accessible and, you know, especially this term mansplaining, like some people love it or hate it. I just, you know, it avoids like a crypt, I'll get there. Um, okay, why crypto party? Okay, this next slide is my favorite slide. So I made a meme to express myself, why I think this is important. Um, as someone who identifies as anarchist and is into other political organizing and stuff, this is my new meme, okay? Be prepared for the insurrection and state repression. So that's Scar, you know, from The Lion King. He sings, be prepared, the song. Um, and up here we have a collection of, um, where are my notes here? Different, various kinds of tools. So we have some tools for like the physical, like, you know, state repression, like gas masks. Um, this is like iodine tablets for when your water's poisoned. Um, you know, some AKs and <laughs> Malox is for like tear gas in your eyes. And then also next with everything are tools for encryption, like SecureDrop, um, where like whistleblowers can send anonymous stuff to journalists, Signal, Tails, Tor, all these things. Um, yeah, this sums it up. There's tools for defense and resistance. Um, there's a lot of tools out there, um, these in um, encryption tools, but the question is about accessibility. Like how can we get the people to adopt them and not be afraid of them. Um, let's see, especially like activists. Um, these are other, okay, I won't go into that. Other things, I do a lot of things, so, okay. Um, this is a, so yeah, resistance is possible. This is like a picture of my work desk, um, other drawings and stuff I made. And also copy and destroy, I make zines. I'm a self-publisher since like 10 years. So that's like one of my life mottos. And resistance is possible. Um, I found this on the ground after like a Black Lives Matter protest here some years ago. Um, yeah, and so for me, like doing this work, doing crypto activism, it's not the end goal of like doing stuff. It's, it's just the beginning for me personally because I have a deep interest in other um, political struggles for justice. And so crypto is one way to make that kind of political organizing safer from government infiltration and surveillance, which exists. Um, it's really real. Like CoIntel Pro destroyed the Black Panther Party. Like it's real and we know we know it's real and there's tools to defend ourselves. So that's that's one way that I'm excited about it. Um, so some points of what what's the point of a crypto party? Um, to empower people so they feel that they're able to learn. Um, it's, it's not just like doing the stuff, it's like a mental deconstruction. Because um, for a lot of people, especially like female identified or, or like just weren't socialized in computer world or, or like hanging out with anti-civ eco defender, like <laughs> people that like want to hate technology. So like how to, con how to convince people that like it's worth doing. So um, it's, it's like a mental deconstructing your mind. It's a crypto parties are about demystifying the technology 
Um, making it accessible, just like computers are your friend. It's okay. You don't have to be an expert. We will teach you things. It's like very, like accessible. I think um, it's also about taking away the fear. Um, many c different kinds of fear. Fear of like being surveilled. Like people have come to our crypto parties um, who like have experience. They like something has gone on in their life and they know they're being watched. So they come to us to like help set themselves up. Um, and this, so this quote here is from the CryptoParty.in site. Um, a crypto party cannot teach you everything there is to know about computer and internet security in one evening. The main objective is to tear down the mental walls <coughs> which prohibit, prohibit people to even think about these topics or pick them up as they occur throughout their lives. Like such as in newspapers, blogs, um, pictures and memes. So there's plenty of information out there. There's plenty of how-to guides and stuff for how to do these things. Um, but there's still this blockade of like doing it because there's still a fear around computers. The crypto parties um, make that fear go away, I hope. Um, crypto advocacy, more things. Fuck yeah, crypto punk hackers unite. Word. Um, they're educational. Um, it's about teaching, sharing, do-it-yourself culture. It's non-hierarchical. Um, it's just awesome. It's hand-to-hand -hand learning, breaking isolation and frustration of doing it alone. Um, who here has had the experience of like some frustrating moment of like, it won't work, uh, yeah. yeah. So isn't it nice when you have your like super helpful hacker buddy friend to be like, oh here, let me help you, hack, hack, hack. And then you get, it's just nicer with a friend. Um, we need to understand, <laughs> yeah, understand how our communications work um, and how we become vulnerable. We need to know our enemy, defend and resist. Um, and there's usually free snacks if people bring them. If you don't bring snacks, then there's no snacks. And someone has to buy them, so you should chip in. <laughs> All right, okay. Are we good? Is everyone good here? Like, okay. First time, I hope. Um, so I have some hesitations when I teach this kind of stuff, um, just because I'm always being self-critical of like everything I do. Um, so there's this quote, if it's inaccessible to the poor, it is neither radical nor revolutionary. Now, I hear that, um, Sometimes, like sometimes when I explain to people, like, oh, for PGP, you need your own device. Like, oh, and you can get this UGB, UBO key to like store your device on. And if someone's like, oh, I don't have a computer, I go to the library. Like, so how can that individual participate in safer communications if they can't afford this stuff? Or, so I think about that, um, like, <laughs> Google punks who don't use computers, like how, <laughs> who do, like how to get them involved. Um, or just questioning the sustainability of technology in general. This is like a broad topic, but I still think about it because um, like all our computers and phones um, have a piece of the Congo in them, this mineral called coltan. It's harvested from the Congo in Africa under slave-like conditions still today. The people of Congo aren't rich. Like they're poor because white imperialists come in and like steal all their shit. So just thinking about that, like how sustainable in the long term are all these things we're talking about here and doing. Um, and also, um, so Snowden showed us, um, thank you, Snowden. He showed us mass sweeping mass surveillance, which shocked the world. But um, communities of color and black folks have always known that they've been being surveilled, um, just like since the history of slavery and before that. Um, and so this is, when I found this quote, it really hit me. This is from a blogger, Bobby London, from an article, The New Hip Fascist State. I'm just going to read it out here. Um, America has always been fascist, depending on what America you are talking to. If you're a black, if you're, if you're black in America, 
From the time of slavery, this country has been fascist to you. From genocide to a vast prison industry, the introduction of crack cocaine by the CIA, AIDS, segregation, and let's not forget slavery. And the Edward Snowden era anti-surveillance advocates only come at a time where now the tentacles of fascism are affecting white America. Um, so when I read that, it kind of hit me because I was like, oh, like, yeah, this talk about, oh, now we're entering fascism, Donald Trump, now everything's fascist. Like, no, it's always been that. And even the definition of fascism didn't exist in a dictionary until the Cold War. So like, what do you call the genocide before? Anyway, different, different subject. I like talking about dismantling capitalism, so. Um, yeah, and so despite these hesitations, um, I think it's still worth it to do this work because um, it helped. So I just try to keep these in mind and be mindful. Um, oops, when I do this, okay. Um, yeah, I look around at my friend circle and I wanna help everyone get set up with these tools to protect ourselves just a little bit more. Um, it also makes government, it makes it way more expensive. Like when, like some people think, oh, what's the point? They can get me anyway. Like, no, that's what they want you to think. Um, when you encrypt your communications, it makes it so much more expensive to like break to break that. Even if you are targeted, it costs them money. So if everyone does it, like they probably won't do it anymore. Um, yay. Okay. So why, why do I do this? I aspire to be that helpful hacker friend that I wish I had during all those frustrating moments of like, how do I download? Like, I got a Linux operating system system two years ago, and I'm still figuring it out. So I want to be that friend. I've had some really helpful friends along the way um, in Berlin. Um, and so I also host crypto parties because I do them for myself. It's 100% selfish. I started doing them so I could find the people out there, bring them together in the place that I work. So I just stay after work. I don't even have to leave. It's totally selfish. But you know, maybe other people benefit. I'm sure they do. Um, I just have so many questions. So oftentimes, like, I put my own questions aside because I'd rather help a new person. But I still have so many questions, and I get really good questions from people, and I'm, I want to research them. And also, I am a, like, currently a cisgender woman. I don't know about gender. Maybe I'm not. But um, just being a female role model, it seems basic, but, like, look around <laughs> at this event. Like, it, there's not many of us or gender nonconforming folks and generally, just fuck the patriarchy, just like a reminder that it sucks. <laughs> just in case you forgot, like it's there. Um, and I, th like being, uh, a couple of times I've been the only um, cis lady, or I've been the only woman identified person at uh, one of my own events even. And I'm just like, oh, like where are the ladies? I know they're out there. And that's exactly why I put those other things on the, on the first flyer, like no mansplaining and trans inclusive, just to like make it really clear that like this is for you, like trying to get, um, more folks into this um, that I'd like to come. Um, what's our, what time is it right now? I've gone for 18 minutes. Um, no, okay, never mind. I'm gonna keep going. So, how to crypto party? How do we do it? The big question. Um, so, a crypto angel is not this guy. Does anyone know who this guy is? Your company's computer guy, that dude from SNL. Saturday Night Live, Nick Burns. He is a total asshole. Like, so, so he was like your tech guy in your office. And would so, yeah, moo. he would just like, this is, do not be this man. No, X, big X, no, okay? He was really condescending. He would just rather push people away and do it himself. He's not a teacher. He's just, he maybe knows a lot of skills. He's a good hacker or whatever, but he's not socially aware and is not approachable and friendly. So don't be that guy. Um, 
Oh, a crypto angel. That's the term for like, as soon as once you do a thing to help someone at a crypto party, you become a crypto angel. So here are some qualities to invest in. Um, patience is more important than knowing skills, such as the last one. That dude, he didn't have a lot of patience. Um, so it's like, I yeah, I've I've done like step by individual step, like click this button. Also, I heard a good um, quote from someone about when you're teaching someone computer skills. Like, don't touch their mouse. Don't touch their computer. Because it's really hard if you know it already. But if you just explain it and let them find it, it, it really helps that person. And it, it, it has empowered me in the past. So that's another thing. Crypto angels break it down into bite-sized pieces. Um, they check in, check in with your audience. Um, ask, you know, hey, do you have any questions so far? Am I, is it OK? Do you feel like you understand this? Because um, often, you know, I've done this too, where I'm in a workshop or I'm hearing information. And I don't get it, but I like don't want to out myself as like what the fuck. So if you just like make sure to check in, or just like you know consent, like checking in with them, like are you following me? Are we on the same page? Um, also, if if the person you're working with doesn't get it, you are not explaining it clear enough. It's your fault. It's not that person because. Um, and as a teacher, I work with like middle school age kids, teaching them all kinds of stuff and like how to do. DIY projects. So I've learned the steps of like communication is really important. Like how talking clearly, like using words, don't mumble, like just being accessible. It's uh, it's about accessibility. That's what it is. And again, patience. What are if you feel like you're getting frustrated as you're teaching, just try to check in with yourself, do like a self check. Why am I here? What are my intentions? Do I just want to get this done and go home or do I want this person to actually understand what they're doing? Um, which is important. Um, and so, <laughs> excuse me. The the website cryptoparty.in is an excellent resource. It's it just has everything you need. Uh, I'm not being paid to be here. Like there, <laughs> it's a decentralized site. It just has all the things you need. So this is um, they have notes on how to start a crypto party. Really great resource. Um, also things like guiding principles. Um, the point of a crypto party is to do things. Like you, it's not just sitting around talking about theory, even though there's always like a section of people on the couch who get super meta into stuff and like talking about news articles. The main thing is like doing the stuff and empowering people with their computers, being excellent to each other. Um, there's also an anti-harassment policy, which is like um, no hurtful or offensive things, um, no stalking, following, just like general being, don't do the non-excellent things. Um, and crypto parties are also, it's a safer space. So this, this concept is super important to me as someone who is striving to dismantle oppression on all fronts everywhere. Um, I was socialized in like white capitalist heteronormative colonial America. And even if I try, if you, even if I like read awesome articles about like how to be a good ally, which doesn't exist, um, <laughs> accomplices, like even if I'm aware, like I can still fuck up. I could still say something and not realize that it's bad because of my socialization in this nightmare country that's built on genocide like so of course we're gonna fuck up it's like having a safer space policy you start from that grounding of like we're probably gonna fuck up at some point so how can we build like safety net into it um, I also compare like using email encryption is like having a safer space policy like you can never guarantee that's why the R is like parentheses you can't have a 100% safe space free of all kinds of oppression just like you can't have total security with your encryption methods, no matter how hard you try. So just, but it's still worth doing. 
Um, and take, so when we take an active stance against oppression, um, we're being in solidarity with those who experience that oppression. Um, let's see here. Yeah. And okay. Oh, shoot. Um, we're still here. Okay. Dropping the A-bomb. So some of us have heard that Jacob Applebaum has been called out as an um, abuser, not nice person. Um, oh, shoot. Yeah, so, and I was super, I was heavily influenced by, like, his excitement for crypto work. He's contributed a ton. I'm sure people here have, like, loved the work he's done. But also, um, he's not treated women and other people very nice. And when I heard about this last month or so, I was really, like, shocked, hurt, confused, and just fucking angry that it went on for years, apparently. Like, I, someone I know personally um, was affected by him. Um, and so I, this is just right now a call out to everyone here at Hope to say that we need more intentionally radical, safer spaces that take a solid stance against oppression of any kind. We need to call out the abusers so that other people like me, like I've met him, I've been in situations with him in Berlin, like I could have been one of those people. So if I knew about that beforehand, I could have like been safer. So that, that's why it's important to like make it public. Um, yeah. Like, I appreciate the work he's done. Like, I appreciate the work he's done, um, but, like, rapist. Like, I don't want to be that guy's friend. And he says he's an anarchist. Like, that's not anarchy. Um, that's oppression. So, and also, just, just general, any organization can adopt a safer space policy. You don't have to be, like, a political, radical thing. You can be, like, a ballet dance group or, like, a food co-op. Like, you, it, it just, it's, like... Do you want to be nice to each other? Okay, so like have a safer space policy. Um, and so after that, after I heard about that, th I sent an email. So we have in the Boston area, um, folks from the Mass Pirate Party set up an email list just so we can announce like upcoming events or like cool articles and stuff. Um, even though I originally didn't want to have a list of like documented names, but like it's also useful to like th say things to each other. So I. Um, I, I announced it to us, what did I say? I, so, yeah, I, I just want to reiterate that our events at Parts and Crafts follow the guiding principles as posted on the Crypto Party website. You can read them here. Um, and then I, the second to last paragraph, I say, if anyone ever feels uncomfortable or violated at our meetups, or you feel that someone in our community has treated you wrongly, please tell me, please let me know. These events um, are a safer space and everyone should feel welcome. A safer space means that we hold actions accountable and things don't slip under the radar um, when they're brought to our attention. Um, so that's, yeah, wait, I think I have another note. Oh, also, so um, when you host, like if you decide to host a crypto party, which I hope you do, um, you are also responsible for that, the general vibes of that event. Like if you invite people into your space or into your a venue that you are responsible for organizing, it's your responsibility if someone, if something happens there, like. You have to have a backup. You have to have a plan for like how to deal with it or how to address it. Because in mainstream society, like shit happens and it gets ignored. Like women, people get raped like daily, and the pol like the police don't believe them. Like, I mean, fuck the police, but like, no, it's like hard for people to believe abused women or abused people, or or that like black people have been murdered since hundreds of years. It's only now that since we have like video, it's like oh now they're really being like yeah. So just like believing people. Um, when they say that, um, and let's see. Okay, so moving on. When is your next crypto party, huh? This talk's called How to Start a Crypto Party. So that's your homework, all right? <laughs> like, 
So regular, um, having a regular event builds a community. Like we have ours once a month. I, I'm able to, like I have the privilege of this awesome venue that I work at. So like it was easy for me to find a venue, but you can just do it at like um, cafes, like library room, any, any kind of place. Um, oh, sorry, it's right there. Cafe, library, public space, public space. Um, they're always free. It's not commercially or politically aligned. Like they shouldn't be done to like make money for another organization. It's just like you're here to learn and share information. Um, you share what you know. You don't have to be a pro hacker expert. Like I just knew a couple things. I was I knew how to do PGP. Like I knew the basics, and I knew some stuff about Tor. And that was like why I started one. Because I'm like, surely there's someone out there that I could. I have a little more skills that I can share down with someone. Um, so this, I hope that's encouraging. That like you don't have to be a know-it-all. You can just, if you're excited about doing it, you can do it. Um, so start one when you get home from Hope. Um, and this site again is like a great resource. Has all the info you need to start one. Um, a list of worldwide locations. So there might already be one in like your city. There's not so many in um, in so-called America, but like in Germany, there's every city like has its own because they're like they're on it. Oh, I miss Berlin. Um, and it has resources and how-to guides. Um, okay, I think we're good on. Oh, let's see. Oh, it's it's 6:35. Is that correct? Okay, I've gone a little faster here. But now, well, okay. So now, well, now it's the art time. So. Art is important because you create culture. So yeah, I'm a maker. I don't know what to call myself. Like I'm an artist, but like I'm a maker. I produce things. I write zines and books. A zine is a self-published magazine. Um, you don't have to ask permission to do it. So you just do it. Um, and this, hold on. Yeah, so Tumble the Boulder. This is a book that I printed. Um, I self-published and printed this book. Tumble the Boulder, The Surveillance State and the American Empire by Comet Crowbar. Um, this is a, a book. So in Berlin, yeah, I was really cryptoized there. I went to the, do you know the, the there's this Transmediale event in January every year. It's an a big event, kind of like this, of art, the intersection of art and digital culture and politics and technology, like all in one. And the, the one in January 2014 was the first one after the Snowden revelation. So it was like, really real there was a lot of discussions on whistleblowing and i i left that event like so impacted like shaking of the corruption and being like what can i do about this like i am just one person but what can i do and so i just kind of put my mind on like i'm gonna write a zine because that's how i solve problems in my life i write zines um and it turned it was just going to be a review zine but it turned into this big book of um different subjects like subjects on journalism, surveillance, terror, war. Also, um, oh, so here's another, here's a picture um, I drew in pencil. Um, I'll just, and my opening quote, this really affected me. This is a quote by Aaron Swartz, um, RIP. Um, he says, what is the most important thing in the world you could be working on? And if you're not working on it, why aren't you? And that's deep. Thank you, Aaron. Um, that quote really hit me because I was like, yeah, oh, I want to make this book. Why am I not working on it? I mean, I instantly started doing it, but just that kind of pushed me through whenever there'd be moments where I'm like lounging around or like depressed. Um, I find that action is a great 
um, like medicine when you're depressed or just like the state of the world crumbling around you. Um, this is kind of about capitalism. I swear to God, th these likey, these cookies, there was a bag of like ha cookies that were <laughs> Facebook things. Um, yeah, um, uh, these are other pages from this book here. Um, this one saying, but I have nothing to hide. Oh, really? And just like commenting on that. So it's also a bit um, silly. It's, um, let's see here. This next one, this is one of my favorite pages. Um, the suspicious blog post generator. <laughs> so uh, this was after talking to a friend. Um, we were trying to make like a fake advertising thing. Just like, do you feel like your blog doesn't get enough attention from the NSA? Are you a loserific square? Um, do you want to be popular? Don't panic, the solution is finally here for you. Oh my god, thank you. With the suspicious blog post generator, everyone is a movie star. You don't have the option not to be. It's easy. Pick some, pick some words from the following list from the Department of <laughs> Homeland Security. Um, stuff them into your next blog post, text, tweet, email, and voila, you're target of the FBI. Um, so, and then I made like terror poetry. Like I used this this list of like stupidly cli cliche and racist just like list of things, and you just make a poem out of it. Yeah. Um, other, so this goes back to what I was saying earlier, like culture, like creating content about political issues in the main in, that are happening in the world, like makes it so that people can connect to it instead of like instead of just reading a journal article or watching the news of like, cool, another thing bombed, like awesome. You can like relate to it in a different way that like hit, might hit you in a different part of your body than just your brain by reading stuff. Um, this page, so at a, at a talk I went to in, it was in Eindhoven, it was like security in times of surveillance out of like um, a sea of like 200 seemingly male bodies. I was one of like six women that I could uh, pinpoint. Um, and so at, at one point at the end of a talk, this like, this nerd guy steps up and he was like, um, how can we make this sexy? Like this being encryption and like tools for anonymous stuff. How can we make this sexy? You know, just look around the room at us. Being a computer technician isn't the most attractive image. <laughs> so how can we make encryption sexy? Um, and I kind of took that as a personal challenge when I heard that. Um, but I didn't want to, like, I wanted to raise my hand, but I didn't because I didn't want to be the girl who talked about sexiness in the sea full of dudes um, in the sausage fest. So uh, of really great people and inspiring thinkers, but also, like, gender. I <laughs> Yeah, it exists. Um, and so, and so I, I, in here I'm just saying I, I had ideas then, but I'm writing it now on my own terms. Um, or just, yeah, comparing email encryption to like sex toys is totally true. Um, and so here's this slide, how to make encryption cool and sexy. Write erotica fiction about it, like porn cells. I have this book, which I'll talk about in the next slide. <laughs> um, make art about it, as I was just saying. Um, again, bring it into culture, something people can reference, like stories and films. Also, does anyone know the lady here on the side? Um, I mean, I photoshopped it, but that's Lizbeth Salander um, from the, the, um, the film The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, which, did you know, the Swedish original title translates to Men Who Hate Women. Because the movie's about men who hate women, it's not about this girl. Like, it was... Uh, another topic, why that title pissed me off. but. Justice. She is also a pro fucking hacker. Like she breaks PGP encryption. She did it. It's in the book. <laughs> like, um, and justice, like woman with a sword. Like that's the tarot card for justice. Her shirt says Armageddon was yesterday. Today we have a serious problem. Um, so she is 
Um, oh yeah, and one, so I was listening to the audio, I read it and then I listened to the audio book later. She, she hacks the police network, the police headquarters, and I was in my kitchen cooking just like, fuck yeah, she fucking did. Like she hacked the police headquarters. So like, and I've never read a book or any character who's like a hacker like she is. Like she's just so badass and empowered. And she's inspired me so much um, that in my, in my book here, I wrote a character who was inspired by her, and then I was like, fuck it, I'll just have her be in the book, and they're lesbian lovers, so like, yeah. She's also queer. Um, okay, how to make it sexy, um, another one. This my favorite hashtag ever, activist pickup lines. <sighs> Nothing excites me more than activist pickup lines. That's how you get to me, y'all. Um, so I thought of this one. My love for you is secure like PGP encryption, unbreakable by even the NSA, which is true. Um, and there's other ones, but that's one of my favorites. Um, okay. So this is my newest publication called Crypto Cunt and the Ecosexuals, the very queer story of the NSA headquarters in Berlin. It's here, I have a box full of them. Um, <laughs> between six and $12, y'all. Um, so this, yeah, this, this is my, this is what I do. Um, I wrote this fiction, it's like, I don't know, well over 100 pages. And so I was living in Berlin, biking every day through this um, airport, the Tempelhofer-Feld Airport, which is um, abandoned since a few years, and now it's a public park. But there's still this like control tower from the airport, so I'd bike past it every day and look up, like, what is going on there? Um, like, who is buying there? And I also had some friends in the Frankenstein house. Yeah, Frankenstein. Um, we put on. Uh, we submitted a film to the Bike Smut Porn Film Festival, which another friend of ours was organizing. Um, we did that the year before, and then the next year we wanted to write, we wanted to like make another film, which combined like bicycles and porn somehow, and just to like inspire people to make their own, just like make a film or make a smut film, because um, it's fun. Um, and so, but there were only three of us, but we still, we like started writing a plot, but then like the film didn't happen, but I still, I took the like gr baby seeds of that and expanded it into a full novel. So this is, this is that. Um, it's, oh, sorry, this was the time I was gonna read it. Um, just the little back text, okay. Um, for some mysterious reason, office plants keep being stolen from bureaucracy buildings around Berlin. Arson attempts at the Ausländerbehörde, the foreign office building, and Frontex headquarters is putting a lot of pressure on the US National Security Agency to do something about it. Um, Skipper, a transgender intern at the NSA, and his campy boss, the officer, um, are on a hunt to find the alleged eco-sexual anarchist bicycle brigade, which is destroying public infrastructure across Europe. The officer and skipper have more on their dirty plate than just surveilling activists. They are often found surveilling the porn activity of citizens and spying on the jiggling asses of those who bike through Tempelhofer Feld. Their headquarters in the old control tower of the airport is a home base for their investigation. They have to be careful, though, because the Ecosexual Anarchist Bike Brigade is known for their freaky sexual activity and perhaps have bewitching capabilities to queerify all those who come in contact with them. In this first fiction novel by Comic Crowbar, you can meet Lisbeth Salander, the lady from the last slide, and her eco-warrior lover, Kelly, have a gay experience at Fusion, a big music festival, deconstruct your gender, unlearn capitalism, and feel funny in your pants with some anarchist erotica, because dismantling the state is sexy, right? Yeah, okay? So this is some image that I made. Um, Der Spiegel is like a popular German magazine. It's awesome. And this building is the Ausländerbehörde. That's where I would go to apply for visas. You can see how I feel about it. It says, public infrastructure fucked up by eco-sex group, eco-sexual brigade. Um, 
Yeah, and so the main character, the officer, um, he doesn't even, he's so ingrained in his authority figure, he doesn't even have a name. So he's kind of like, also like, fiction is powerful. I used to think that it was like dumb, like if it's not journalist, why read it? Like, that's dumb and patriarchal of me to think that, because fiction is powerful. When you, you can create narratives and comment on society in a way that you can't in any other medium. So fiction is powerful. Um, the officer is like this, of the NSA headquarters in Berlin, he's like this really like, I am the law kind of guy. But he's also like clearly a closet homosexual or has like some, he's super submissive. And so in the story, um, there's like this activist locked up in the basement in like an interrogation cell. Um, and, but she's actually a dom and he likes being <laughs> submitted to. Um, and also, the, so that's Kelly, the eco-warrior and the officer. She's got like a knife at his throat. Um, oh, sorry, I should have warned, not safe for work. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, maybe, maybe people don't want to see it. Um, this is consensual, by the way. Um, so she, you know, this is kind of common, their relation, they have this funny like relationship. Um, I was commenting on all these government agencies that like have billions of dollars, but like, where does the money go? Like, they're always losing this money or it just like disappears into the system, like who knows where. Well, it goes to the underground brothel of lesbian feminist underground brothel network who like own the world, but they can't be public or else the patriarchy would fall and it ha they like have to be subversive. So all the money that like government agencies lose goes to like her empire and like all the women and trans folks. Um, yeah, this is this is a scene of uh, Kelly and Lisbeth Salander um, having some fun time in Sweden. Um, I just, yeah, put up some other art. And like, looking at the moon, um, the saddest moment of my life was in Berlin, looking at the moon through a chain link fence, and I like couldn't see it, and just being in the city. Um, and this this is, these are all pictures from the book here. Um, so that that's about the book. Um, so I have so a couple other like art things I've done. I haven't shown this yet to anyone. I showed it on my blog, but like, this is an audience I think will appreciate it. So I thought of this for a year. Um, you can see my Comet Crowbar logo where like the Mattel thing would be. Um, Citizen Four, as some people know, is the, the film that Laura Poitras made about Edward Snowden, like the in real time documentary. And since literally a whole year, I had this idea of like Citizen Four, like dropping the information in the, like this is the, the cover of the board game. Um, so I photoshopped it and I'm really proud of it. I hope you enjoy it. Um, so this is like, I don't know, I made this image in Photoshop, like I don't know where I'm gonna put it, but I just made it and now people see it and maybe can identify in different ways to the situation. Um, another thing I've made, I have this comic, um, email encryption in a nutshell. Um, last year I did a zine residence in Montreal with Fight Boredom Zine Distro. It was awesome and I had a lot of time to just like write and draw and spend three weeks doing my thing. So I made this, I'm gonna burp. I have a bunch of copies I can give out for free. Um, this box here, my zine distro, I brought from Boston. So you, if you want any of these things, you can get them. Um, and so this, I, I pass it for free, like I bring it to crypto parties. It's just, or I just, as a poster, I'll just put up in a, in a cafe. Um, just like a, ex you know, what is email encryption? What is PGP? So it's just this thing I made and like try to distribute it around. Um, this is a, a the end of a comic I made just um, generally about like, I don't know, capitalism. Let's see, oh, there's me like working on a zine and I'm talking to the crowd like, don't worry, I'm not a suicide bomber. I, oh fuck, I just said bomb. Now they're really gonna think I'm, smash. Um, wait, I can't read it, hold on. 
Um, what is oh, ma'am, you need to come with us right now. But I'm just writing a zine. And then I'm like, are you fucking serious? This is my zine, my freedom of the press, and yeah, we're fucking serious. And then I say, listen, pal, um, I don't think you understand. Um, I already said that I'm not afraid. And he's like, what? But, but I'm scary. Look at this gun. Isn't it, is it not big enough for you? And then I hand him a book. I say, hmm, I bet if you drop the gun and ditch the fascist attitude, you would make a cool zinester. And he's like, oh, really? I've never had friends. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, gotta love yourself first, bro. Here, read this book, Anarchy A. And then he says, wow, another world is possible. <laughs> the end. Yeah, so that's just like a comic I made about like life. Um, this is another, oh, so thi this comic and the one before are in this zine I made. I have a personal zine, Infectositis. Um, this is number 15. And the first half was like personal stuff and the, last, the latter half is like articles and things about surveillance stuff. And at one point, hold on, I made a, uh, oh, here it is. I just made like different, there, like personalities, like the many faces of Comet Cro Crowbar. And this was one of them, so like, and there, the the outside says a thing, but no one yet has told me what it is. Um, I mean, I know what it is, but no. Okay, um, okay, cool. We're almost at the end. So this is just yeah, just comics, just making art about it, so people can read it. And then I also have a page called the uh, Crypto Punk Challenge, where I I actually in here is an article from 2600 about oh one-time pad encryption because I didn't know about it and I thought it was cool, and so I made. I made like a phrase for someone to find. Only one person has found it, but I said he got a free book, but then the next five people could get free drawings. So if you want to challenge. And then, so my last art slide I have for you, um, this is one of the favorite posters I've made. This was from, um, it was an actual poster, like pretty big, that was hung up. And like, I remember seeing this in, as like a seven-year-old in American Massachusetts schools. Um, and so, my friend gave it to me from her collage box, and I was like, this is so propaganda, it's unbelievable. And I, I rewrote over each of these, like, justice-getting children, the reality of this current America, um, all these different things. And then the flag, each star, you can't read it, but it says, um, each star, like a, col a colonized star sticker for the indigenous. And then I wrote the names of indigenous tribes, because that's what the stars represent. States were like, oh, cool, we, like, got them. Two minutes, all right. Um, and so on the end is that one of the characters facing oppression is surveillance um, or being surveilled. So it's kind of like the contrast between what, you, what we're told and the reality. And you see there's all these different intersecting things. Um, and this, like I have this in my room as like intense as it is. It just like reminds me, <laughs> uh, like evicted from native land, lynched, like s homeless. That like the people who are interested in surveillance and like crypto activism, like it's totally necessary, but also it's useful to think of the bigger picture of like what is this empire we're in and like how does being surveilled crypto tools relate to these other things. Um, and with that, you can, that's all, you can come to our crypto party at 7.30 in a room that's in the, catal in the catalog, I don't remember, um, in the Paris room, 7.30. So thank you. Any questions? <laughs> Woo. Yeah, we got like two minutes left, yeah.
I'm need a buddy. Exactly. Yeah. So, so the question was like, um, what about like when you use encryption, you need a partner to do it with. Like, you need a encryption buddy. And my suggestion is, if you come to a crypto party, you can find the people to do it. So a lot of people have actually, yeah. Oh. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, br you can bring them to a event. I mean, I totally hear you. Like, it is about. Like you can't have a safe communication unless your receiving end has it. So that's why it's like once you learn it, like once I learned it, then I like started applying it elsewhere. But um, a crypto party event is a great place to meet other people that you can um, ha like start doing these conversations with just to practice. Um, does that sort of address that? Or how I can't find the solution. I don't. Go to crypto parties, <laughs> or or um, maybe we can talk after because I think we're at time here. Um, I want to take that seriously. Other other questions? Anything? Thank you for coming. Or you? Question? Yeah. Um, how question? How do you demystify people who are scared about encryption? Like that you'll show up on some watch list because you're. Um, I would say that's a good question. Um, I'd say like the more people do it, the less, like, if more people do it, we're safer in numbers kind of thing. Um, and there's a crypto party workshop on the sixth floor? Yeah, oh, I'm, I'm yeah, yeah, yeah you're doing it. in the Paris room. What's that? Tell them when it is. Um, it's right, yeah, I did. Um, 7.30 in half an hour at the Paris room, I think, on the sixth floor. Um, okay, I'm gonna put down the mic, thank you. Also, if you want to buy any of these things, they're, they're like available. I bought a bunch. I'd love for people to just have them. Um, I'll have. I'll set up my little box after the crypto party. Um, thank you so much, Guru. After the crypto party, may I buy now? Oh sure. Also, if you want one now, you can come up to me. Yeah.